Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Who's glad to be back in the house of the Lord? I think I'll ask that question again. Who's glad to be back in the house of the Lord? We'll give him praise, give him praise. Oh, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all playing. Listen, listen, get your Bible. Bless your heart. Turn to Matthew's gospel. The 17th chapter. I'm up early because there's work to do. And we have to put in the work. Are you hearing me? There's work to do. We have to put in the work. I suspect that uh, <clears throat> as a result of this word this morning, we'll need to do some worship afterward. I'll say it again. As a result of this word this morning, afterward, we'll need to do some worship. Matthew 17, verse 21. Let's read it out loud together. Ready, begin. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Father in heaven, help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As you know, we're going to begin a corporate fast. Consecration, various names for it here shortly. And as I was praying about it, God put some urgency on it for me and you. The reality is for too long, there has been too many leaders of this church sick and afflicted. And as believers, as a pastor, and all the other titles that go along with that, you know, I know that is a direct assault against what God wants to do here. And as a result of that, you don't sit back and do nothing. Let me get a few more amens as I go. I know it's, it's early, it's early, it's early. And I understand that we are in a spiritual battle. Just like that game that just went off right there. <laughs> Laser tag, I don't know what that was. But there are things that we must respond to spiritually. Can you say amen? amen. There are things we, as the body of Christ, must respond to. There are things that the enemy does we cannot just sit back and let him do. Can you say amen? amen. And so this particular time of consecration, which many in the body of Christ do, God said, I want you to teach on prayer and fasting. Don't just do it. Because what happens and what can happen is as time goes on, if we don't refresh ourselves, 
we'll find ourselves just going through the motions and not getting the full benefit of what it is we're doing. And I've been, I'm just wired to be a results-oriented person. So in my rehashing, restudying some things, God brought some things to my attention that we need to hear as we begin to contemplate praying and fasting. So here in Matthew 17, verse 21, Jesus is speaking. The context of this scripture is Jesus had been on the mountain with Peter, James, and John, the Mount Transfiguration. The rest of the disciples were down in the valley. A man brought him, his son to them, and they could not cast the devil out of the boy. They come, uh, Jesus comes down with Peter, James, and John. They go through the motions. Jesus casts the devil out. Then the disciples later on ask Jesus, how come we couldn't do it? They didn't understand why they couldn't do it. Do you understand? They did not. They fully expected. In their mind, in their heart, there was no reason they shouldn't have cast that devil out. It bothered them that that boy still had that demon in him. That should be the case for all of us. It shouldn't be okay that certain spirits linger around tormenting people we love. It shouldn't be okay. It should cause us to ask questions of Jesus. You didn't hear what I said. I didn't say questions to your favorite preacher, your favorite blogger. You should be asking Jesus. I'm your disciple. Why couldn't I cast the devil out? And so this is the question. And we just read the answer in Matthew 17, 21. Jesus said, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Now I'm going to focus in on two things from this short <laughs> verse of scripture that maybe you won't understand until the end. But walk with me, follow me. Two things I'm going to pull out of this. Number one, the first thing is Jesus says prayer and fasting and not fasting and prayer. And because Jesus is king and Lord, what he says and how he says it is crucial to me. I'm going to say it again. Because Jesus is king of kings and Lord of lords, because he is the living word. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. Say, calm down, Bishop. All right. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank you. Because Jesus is the living word. What he says and how he says it is important to me. So Jesus says prayer before he mentions fasting. He doesn't say fasting and prayer. Jesus says prayer and fasting. Hmm. He uses the word prayer before he uses the word fasting. Which then, in my sanctified mind, means prayer takes precedent over fasting. 
as you've heard me say over the years, if you have been paying attention, that <laughs> fasting without prayer is dieting. Fasting without prayer is dieting. So because I believe Jesus said everything for a reason, Jesus said prayer first. And the reason Jesus said prayer first is because prayer is essential to every believer's life. Write that down. Prayer is essential. It's not an option. Prayer for us is not an option. It's not something we do when we have time to do it. It's not something we do when we feel like we've got to get around to it. Prayer is mandatory. Write that down. Prayer is a mandatory function of the body of Christ. Just like we breathe, we pray. You don't breathe, you don't pray. Excuse me, you don't breathe, you don't live. You don't pray, you don't live. If you want your life in Christ to live and be vital and powerful, you must have a prayer life. Luke 18, 1. Jesus spoke this parable unto them to this end. Man ought always pray, always pray, always pray and not faint. If you don't want to faint, you better learn to pray. Because if you stop praying, you'll get weak and weaker and weaker, and you're going to need everybody to encourage you. All your close friends, they're going to be, where's so-and-so at? I called it. Did you? I called it too. Where brother so-and-so? We called him. You called him. We've been calling him. The reason that brother about to faint, he stopped praying. So you need every brother, covenant brother to call you. Because you're so weak. Because you stopped praying. Jesus says men should always, at all times, pray. Man ought always to pray. Always. At all, there is no time, no season in your life you should stop praying. And you know how we are. Say yes, we do. When things get a little better. We get a little better. Oh, I can breathe now. Oh, Jesus. You stop praying. It's time to have a party. It's time. This is my season. That's when you really need to pray. Because the devil is setting up a new strategy against you. So Jesus said, man, it always to pray. First Thessalonians 5:17. The Bible says, and this is the Apostle Paul, of course, pray without ceasing. That, that means never stop praying. Look at your brother, your sister, your neighbor, and say, never stop praying. Never. There is never a season or a time where you stop praying. Never. Jesus says in Luke 21, 36, watch ye therefore and pray always that you be counted worthy to escape all the things that shall come to pass and so you can stand before the Son of God. Did you hear what Jesus said? He said, watch and pray always so you can 
overcome all the stuff coming against you and you can stand before the Son of God. What enables you and I to stand before the Son of God is that we never stop praying regardless to all the things that come against us. You and I will never be able to stand against everything that comes against us if you stop praying. You can tell when your prayer life is low because you'll feel like you can't make it. You don't need to ask anybody else. You start telling yourself, whew. Now you know you need to pray some more. Now you need to know, not only do you upgrade your phone, So Jesus said we should be constantly and continually praying. Watchfulness and prayerfulness go together. Write that down. Watchfulness and prayerfulness go together. (laughs) If you're not watching, you don't know what to pray about. We talk, oh, I'm going to go into this from last night. If you don't watch, if you don't spiritually watch, you won't know how to spiritually compare what's going on in the world and what's going on in your life. This is why, this is why, this is why the world, I, mean, I got to say this, I got to say this. You want to know why it costs so many multiple millions of dollars to run TV and entertainment? Because it costs a lot of money to get you distracted to watch what they want you to watch. The world will spend all the money it can come up with to get you to watch what they want you to watch. Because it determines what you pray about. I mean, I know there are people in here older than me, but it's kind of funny. You know, Dick Clark been dead, I don't know how many years now. So Dick Clark's rocking Eve, you know, he's going to drop the ball. And the world wants you to watch the ball drop in New York. Really? You spend all this money on technology and lights and singers and actresses and half-naked dressed people and crazy just to get you to watch. So you ain't praying about what you need to pray about. Because you pray about what you watch. Write this down. Watch what you watch. Watch what you watching. Because it's determining what you pray about. Prayer simply defined. Prayer simply defined. I'm moving kind of fast, but not too fast. Prayer, simply defined, is seeking God for divine intervention. Prayer, simply defined, is seeking God for divine intervention. Prayer, in other words, God, I need you involved. I need you involved in my personal life, my marriage, my family, my business, the church. I need you involved in every area. God, I need you involved. I'm praying. I'm talking to you. I'm I'm, I'm ministering to you because I need you involved. That's what prayer is. 
So for, for, for a believer to stop praying is for a believer to tell God, I don't need you involved. I got it now. I, thank you for cleaning me up. Oh, thank you. I don't do no drugs. No more. Oh, I don't, but I got this now. Thank you. I don't go to the strip club. No more. Oh, I got, but I got this now. Thank you for helping me find my wife, but I, I got her now. No, we continue to pray because you got sense. You got sense enough to know I still need God involved in my life. I need God involved. I need God involved. And let me say this. And let me say this. You know, as you get older, shame on you if you don't realize how much more you need God involved in your life. I remember years ago, years ago, I was asking, asking uh, Elder English, you know, some things about be mindful of as I get older as a man. He said, now, he said, he said, Bishop, don't, 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 don't run up and down the stairs. Now, back then, I could still do it. But as you get older and your muscles and your, just your ligaments and your tendons, you know, you realize, man, I could fall down there and I'd be out of commission for weeks. So when you get older, shame on you if you don't know you need God more involved in your life. Shame on you. Shame on you if you wake up and your pinky hurt, you don't know why. <laughs> and you go to sleep the next day, the other pinky hurt you. Wait a minute, I thought it was the left one yesterday, it's the right one today. Did that mean something? And then you just, I just need God involved. God, touch all my pinkies, my toes, my fingers. God, I just need you. I don't understand. I just know I need you because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Y'all need to pray. You need to pray. Can't afford not to pray. So prayer is simply defined simply here as seeking God for divine intervention. I need God involved in my pinkies. Every area of my life. And now fasting, fasting simply defined for this, this, this gathering is abstaining from food for religious reasons. It's not a diet. We're not eating. It's a religious thing. It has everything to do with my faith and how I approach God. Now, the thing about prayer, and I told you I'd be talking about prayer in this way. The thing about prayer is, prayer is the last, excuse me, last piece of the whole armor of God. Prayer is. In other words, you can be dressed to the nines in the realm of the spirit. Demons are looking at you. I can't get to him. He got on the helmet of salvation. He got on the breastplate of righteousness. His feet is shod. My goodness. Oh, but he don't pray. She don't pray. You ain't, you're not covered. Man, I need a musician, please. I feel something happening. You're not covered. 
You look good, but you don't pray. And that's the part can't nobody see in the natural. But you don't pray. Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Prayer is the last piece of the whole armor of God. If we don't pray, we're not covered. We're not protected. You look good. Be sensitive now, y'all. Really, with your phones. Really. Just look at do, do it now. Better not really let you know God is up to something. Don't frustrate the preacher. We're trying to bring the blessing to you. If we don't pray, we're vulnerable. If we do not pray, it doesn't matter what else we do most times. Let me give you a revelation. Lift your hands right there, would you please? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here in this place. When we pray, when we humble ourselves and pray, it creates an atmosphere around us where we are impenetrable, where certain things cannot get to you and I. See, this is why we have to te- I have to teach on prayer and fasting because prayer comes before fasting. You have to know the importance of prayer before you embark on fasting. You can put your hands down. It's like when I was in the army. Before they put a weapon in your hand, they trained you on explosives, on everything you needed to know and the proper conditions to manage and handle your weapon so that when you finally put a weapon in somebody's hand that never had one, they know what to do with it. And we've been putting the cart before the horse. And so we haven't been getting the results that God said we should get. So let me tell you this. Write them down. You don't have to, but you should. If you and I grab a hold of this teaching and apply it to our lives, we will see miracles, signs, wonders, healings. You'll see people baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. You'll see marriages restored, homes united, finances coming. You'll see all of the things God promised begin to happen in your life because God promised it. So let me go on. One of the greatest positions, write this down. One of the greatest positions of prayer is lying on the floor with your face towards the ground. Prayer. One of the greatest positions of prayer is lying prostrate before the Lord. It's getting weighty up here. 
In fact, video ministry, put, put those images on the screen, would you please? I'm going to step over to the side. That's one of the most powerful positions of prayer you could put yourself in. But look at that man. His face is towards the dirt. That posture is saying, God, I ain't nothing. I know where I came from. I'm dirt. I'm laying with my face to the ground and my back to the world. I'm vulnerable. If you don't cover me, I'm uncovered. If you don't protect me, I lay prey to the enemy. But since I know you're my God, I'm not afraid of what the world will say. I'm not afraid of what the enemy will do. I'm yours. I'm in a position of prayer. Watch this. Lord told me when I was driving here this morning that when you begin to understand the power of prayer and the power of this position, you will understand that you are there in the secret place of the Most High. That's the secret place. That's the secret place. That's the secret place of the Most High God. You abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Nothing can touch you there. But that only comes when you get a revelation of prayer and the power of prayer. Before you understand fasting, you got to understand that position right there. God, I'm nothing. God, I'm nothing. Let me lead you there for a bit longer. Can I do that? See, in that position right there, and I don't know that man of God, I don't know him. But if it were me, I'd be on my face saying, I'm nothing. How many of you in your prayer time does God call you by your official title? I, I, I don't know this brother. I don't know him, but I doubt God calls him Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones. Engineer Jones. He probably calls him by his first name or servant. Because see, when all of us or each of us, any of us are in that position, your title don't mean nothing. You don't call me no bishop. When I'm praying, it's a Bishop Logan. God don't call me bishop. God don't call me pastor. He called me James or son. And when I'm in that position, I know I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And so right now, if you don't mind lifting your hands, Dirt want to talk to dirt. I ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. See, we need times of fasting and praying so that we can remind ourselves, I ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. 
We're nothing without God. We don't come in here strutting like peacocks, elder, deacon, bishop, apostle, overseer. That's foolishness. I'm nothing. You created me and everybody in here out of the same dust my face is touching. And I don't care how much you've blessed me. I don't care how much money I have. I don't care what kind of car I drive. I don't care what kind of house I live in. I know I ain't nothing. If it had not been for you, if it had not been for you, more than one time, more than one time, you rescued this dirty, dirt creation of many a time you filled me touched me healed me I'm nothing but dirt I don't deserve anything that you have done but I thank you today I thank you today I have no complaints cause I know I'm dirt I'm better than no one no one's better than me no one's been through more than me and I've not been through any more than anybody else we're all just dirt Forgive me for the times I thought I was better than somebody. Forgive me for the times I elevated myself over another piece of dirt. Thank you for protecting me when I didn't deserve it. See, when we stretch out on the ground like that, that symbolizes total and complete submission. There's nothing you can do. You are completely vulnerable. You are completely humbled. You are saying by your posture, I am completely surrendered to you, Father. Whatever you want to do in my life, have your way, God. Have your way. Whatever you want to do, I give you me right now. Somebody needs to do that right now. Somebody needs to humble themselves. I, I, I just got to say it. I know you're dressed nice. I know you look cute. I know you're handsome. But right now, God's trying to do something in your life. And right now, you need to stretch out right where you are. You need to find you a spot, find you a space, because God is doing something deeply profound in your life. And you will never be the same after today because you're humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God and you're going to let him exalt you in due season. God, if you don't raise me up from here, I will die right here. But I believe if I humble myself, when you raise me up, I may get up healed. I may get up delivered. I'll get up empowered. I'll get up filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. I'll get up and let my testimony live and testify of your goodness and your mercy. Today, today I humble myself through fasting and prayer. Today I humble myself through prayer. I'm understanding the power of prayer. 
I'll not take your presence for granted again. I'll not take your presence. I'm not going to play with your presence on my life. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to worship. Here I am to say, you're my God. You're my God. I surrender to you and you alone. I give you and you only access to my spirit, my soul, my body, and everything about me. Today, right now, I'm yours. I trust you with everything about me. I hold nothing back from this day forward. Shape me, make me, mold me, use me, fashion me, make me another vessel. You are the potter. I am the clay. Make me into whatever you want me to be. If I have fought you for 50 years to be something else, today I yield. I yield. I yield to you. I will not resist your will another moment in my life. Use me for your glory. Use me. Prayer is humbling ourselves. Before you and I can get to fasting, we have to understand this piece right here. Because you won't fast right if you don't humble yourself. You won't approach not eating right if you don't humble yourself. You see, prayer involves the condition of our spirit, our soul, our attitude. And some of you remember this, and should, we should not forget these things. Prayer involves even the position of our hands. Prayer involves the posture of our bodies. This is why we're lying. Many are lying prostrate because this is a part of prayer. Our bodies are involved in prayer. The position our bodies are in, the position we put our hands, all these things are indicate prayer and the types of prayers that we pray. Prayer is not just a general term, even though it's been used that way for generations, centuries even. Paul mentions in Ephesians 6.18 that I just read, he mentions there are different types of prayer. There are different types of prayer that require different positions our bodies are in, different things that we do when we're in that position or when we're doing that prayer. And these are things that we need to remember so that we can have healthy, strong, effective prayer lives. All prayer isn't the same. All types of prayer are not the same types of prayer. Here are some of the prayers. This in my notes. You can get it on the Internet. There's the prayer of adoration or praise. There's the prayer of thanksgiving, prayers of petition. That's the one most saints are familiar with because you want something from God. We know the prayer of petition. God, heal me. God, give me a job. God, give me, give me, give me, give me. We are so familiar with the prayer of petition that we have forgotten other types of prayer. There's a prayer of deliverance and guidance. There's intercessory prayer. There's the prayer of faith. 
And then there's the fasting prayer. Prayers we pray when we're fasting that you don't pray any other time. We need to know these things because Jesus said certain types of spirits will not move out of our way until we understand prayer and fasting. Jesus said that. Prayer is humbling ourselves before God Almighty. It's total submission. Shama silio dasikan. Total submission. It's a brokenness. It's a yieldedness. It's an openness that only occurs in the secret place between you and God. Yes. God, forgive us for coming to church and trying to bend your will to ours. Forgive us for trying to make you do for us and us not yield to you. Forgive us for trying to make the church a creation of our own imagination. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. You know what that means? Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of humility, a house of submission, where everybody comes and submits their will to my will. That's what a house of prayer is. A, a, a place where all of our wills melt into one will when we come here and join the church. Instead of, oh, I'm going to join that church. I'm going to help change that church. We're going to do this together. No, 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 no. It ain't God. That's pride. When you join, you're going to make the church better. You. No. This is a house of humility. A house of submitting to the will of God. That's what prayer is all about. God intervening. What does God want to do with us now that we're together as a church? What does God want to do with us? That's what we talk about, pray about, discuss. So the second thing I've already covered. The first thing is Pull out of the scripture. Jesus mentions prayer before fasting. The second thing is we must know and understand what prayer is. We must understand the foundation of prayer is humility. You're not going to ask God to help you until you humble yourself. You're not even going to need you're not you're not even going to know that you need God to help you until you humble yourself. 
You're not even going to know what the enemy is up to until you ask God, I don't know what he's up to. So prayer is humbling ourselves before God. Prayer and fasting is super humbling ourselves before God. Super. Super humility. It's almost like we can't get more humble than prayer and fasting. Because we already began, began to understand the prayer part. Now I'm not eating any physical food. I'm denying my physical body strength so God can strengthen me. I'm depending on God to be my water. Well, we're not we're drinking water. Let me say that some people fast without drinking water. That's another another topic. But because we're abstaining from food, God, you're going to be my necessary food. I'm trusting you to be what I needed to have put in my body three, four, five times a day. You're going to be that now. You're going to be that. You're going to be my energy, my vitamins, my minerals. You're going to be everything to me. I'm humbling myself before you. I'm putting my life completely in your hands. If you don't keep me alive, I'll die. Yeah, that sounds strong, don't it? What do you think Jesus did for 40 days, 40 nights in the wilderness? What do you think Moses did? What do you think Elijah did? These things aren't fables. There are people, I know people that have fasted 40 days and 40 nights because they trusted God. They wanted to get to a place in God where they knew God was their everything. say a couple more things. I'm going to let you go home. <laughs> I was talking. Me and Pastor talking, as we always do. And I'm a sports fan. I think some of you know that. I'm looking at all the sports going on and all these great athletes doing these phenomenal things. And then in the backdrop is they spend millions of dollars on their bodies and they, they don't eat this and they don't eat that and they don't drink this, they don't drink that and Tom Brady can play football at a high level at his age and all these great people, Steph Curry and all the practice that he puts in to be able to hit shots from mid-court and I began to, to ask God, I says, where are the saints living at that level? Where are the saints putting in that kind of work that are doing miracles, signs, and wonders because they're willing to do the spiritual disciplines that make them superhuman? We playing with church. Folk ain't playing with basketballs. They doing stuff with basketballs we can't do because they put in the practice. But we won't even fast and pray. But we want God to do all these great things. And then we rush to the prophet. He says, God's going to do this. And God's going to do that. What you going to do to make that happen? You, we, we, that's why they make $30 million a, a year because they're in the gym practicing to make these fantastic shots that nobody can make. It don't just happen. They put in the work. How many saints are willing to put in the work? They say, I'm going to fast and pray until, I'm not even going to tell them until such and such in this church get healed. I'm tired of hugging this brother. I'm tired of hugging this sister. I'm going to do something about it. I'm speaking to somebody today. 
come the sister with three children always struggling, been in this ministry? I'm going to fast and pray, and we're going to teach her how to handle her finances. Where's that at? The world's doing it, and we're giving them more money to watch them do it and bragging them why they do it while we don't do this. So as I close this segment, again, Jesus says to his disciples who he loves, who he had been training, who he had been teaching. He said, this kind only comes out through prayer, humility, and fasting. In other words, if you want certain demons to submit to you, you got to submit more to God. If you want certain demons to submit to you, then we have to submit more to God. Because these only come out when you pray, when you submit, when you lay prostate, when you humble yourself before God. When you get up, everything else will humble, it to, humble themselves to you. So before we can understand the power of the Holy Ghost, the miraculous power of God flowing through us, we must understand the power of prayer and humility. David said, when I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, he said I was a reproach. David understood like we need to understand. That there comes times and seasons that we need to humble ourselves with fasting. We need to make ourselves low and small. This brother can't get no lower than on the floor with his face. He can't make himself any smaller. And we've gotten to a place in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ where too many people come to church to make themselves big. They want a position. They want to be seen. Instead of coming into the house of God and make themselves low and small, everybody's fighting each other because we big. Church is fighting. Deacons fighting. Trustee board fighting. Pastor, can you say something? No, you can't. Because everybody want to be big. Nobody wants to be low and small. You ain't going to get nothing done if everybody's big. Can't nobody tell me. David was king of Israel and he made himself low and small. Are you hearing the preacher this morning? We must purposely make ourselves low and small in God's presence. David did it. Now watch this. David was the second king of Israel. David had the benefit 
of learning from the first king of Israel. His name was Saul. Saul was head and shoulders above everybody. He looked like he should be the king. So it became easy for people to acknowledge him as the king. But Saul had some pride issues. Yes, he did. He wouldn't obey the prophet. He wouldn't obey, obey the voice of God. He wouldn't kill, excuse me, Agag. He kept the best sheep because he wanted them for himself because he got so big, now he the king. I can use them sheepses. So what happens? Watch this scripture. 1 Samuel 15, 17 makes me cry. Made me cry at 3 o'clock this morning. And Samuel said to him, When you were little in your own sight, when you were small in your own eyes, do you remember when you were small in your own eyes? Remember when you first got saved? You were just glad God saved you. You almost didn't even think you could be saved. But then God saves you. Do you remember when he anointed you and you found out God had anointed you? You said, I can't believe God rubbed some of himself off on me. I can't believe he's using me to get people saved, healed, and delivered. I can't believe he's using me. Remember when you were small in your own eyes? Samuel says this to Saul. He says, when you were little in your own sight, were you not made that heads of the tribes of Israel? When you were little, when you saw yourself right in the eyes of God, God then made you a leader. He goes on to say, and the Lord anointed thee. When you were little in your own eyes, God put an anointing on you because you knew it was God and you would tell people, don't tell me God anointed me for you. It ain't on me. God used me to do this for you. Remember when that was how you thought? But somehow you got lifted up in pride. And now you're no longer little in your eyes. If people don't acknowledge you and call you elder, you got an issue. If people don't treat you right, you got an issue. If people don't acknowledge your position, you don't talk to them right. Remember before you was anything. So many big people in the church can't even get enough titles. Worldwide international apostle, super master prophet. Remember when you was nothing? I don't care what you call me, call me a child of God. We got to get humility back in the church. From the pulpit to the pew. That, my brothers and sisters, is called nothing else but Luciferianism. 
have this conversation with God sometimes with people because I don't want to wear people out. But I, I just don't it. I don't I don't understand how Lucifer, who was created by God, could one day say, I think I'm going to be God. How can you be like the one that created you? How can you? And why would you want to be? He put pipes in you. He, he made you beautiful. You turn and sounds come out. Why? What's wrong with you? You forgot who you are. You forgot who created you. It's Luciferian. But if we remain small in our own eyes, God will anoint us and raise us up. Worship team, would you come? Please. So I leave you with this question under this anointing. I want you more than likely, probably, like this brother. Don't know him. I want you, if you can't get in that physical position, I want you to get in this mental, spiritual position where you remember when you were small in your own eyes. Lift your hands. I want you to begin to remember when you were small in your own eyes. I want you to remember. I want you to think about when you saw yourself the way you were supposed to see yourself before things began to happen in your life where the enemy began to make you see yourself beyond yourself. And as you and I go deeper into this moment, under this anointing, the fasting that we do will be so powerful, so life-changing, so infused with the power of God that we'll begin to see the glory of God manifest in the lives of God's people. Seeing ourselves small in our own eyes is exactly, my last scripture, what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you and me which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. He saw himself small in his own eyes. He made himself of no reputation, 
took upon himself the form of a I'm nothing but a servant and was made in the likeness of sinful man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. And because of that, God has highly exalted him. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due season. It's about humility. It's about being subservient. It's about truly seeing ourselves small in our own eyes. Let's sing a, a song or two to help the people of God go deeper into humility. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.